From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Kia ora, welcome back to Warriors Anonymous. We are back. We had a little bit of a week off last week. Apologies for that. We had a few illnesses <coughs> and uh, mental illnesses and just pretty much life shit going on. So, um, yeah, we're back and we're really happy to be back. My name is Jerry Cronin. Let's bring in the boys. We've got Moni to Sauce. Kia ora, everyone. Hope everyone's going well. I'm back. I'm still kind of sick, but I'm here. <laughs> Good man. Still smiling. We've also got Isaac Sauce. Boing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. Oh, yeah. And Daniel Farakura. Kia ora, Fano. Um, thought I got dropped last week after a 60 point drubbing. <laughs> But, we, um, all, we all got dropped last week. We all got dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Stood down. Uh, uh, if you're listening, you might have heard the uh, cheesy little uh, crowd uh, sound effects going on there. We just wanted to bring them this week because obviously the NRL is now playing without crowds. So we were just uh, having a bit of fun with that and thought, you know, it would sound kind of cool to have a bit of canned laughter. And, uh, I hope you guys uh, appreciate that. But it's um, been an interesting time uh, as, uh, as Warriors fans. <laughs> We've got now sort of two weeks to look back on and really quite a bit's happened in that uh, two weeks, fellas. Of course, we beat the Tigers 18-16 on Friday, just gone. So, woohoo, the streak is over. Yeah. <laughs> <It's over. laughs> um, Daniel, how did, you, uh, how did you see that one, bro? Especially bouncing <laughs> back from the drubbing that we had uh, the week before against the Rabbitohs. Wow, wow. I mean, went into that game with minus 50 expectations, like stringing a team together, RTS leaves midweek with Lisa Armel, and you look at the, the, the team they named, Peter Hiku comes back. It's like, whoa, get in the captaincy, chuck him at six, and just thought, well, we just don't have enough cattle here. Started like that in the first 20 minutes. Uh, but then they just sort of ground their way back on themselves to half time, and then... Um, Second half, yeah, definitely got me off the couch a little bit more. I got me intently watching the game, and I'd love to say that they iced it at the end, but I think <laughs> uh, fair to say the Tigers just capitulated. And uh, look, no, full, full credit to our boys, young boys, well done, great stuff, good heart showing, stayed in the game, plenty of tackling, all sorts, but I think it was also an indictment of how poor the Tigers are as well. But um, we'll take it. Yeah, poor Madge didn't. Uh, <laughs> he was just kind of like a simmering crock pot there in the uh, the coach's box, wasn't it? <laughs> boy, oh boy, what would he have been saying at the end of the game? Um, Isaac, what were your thoughts on our new boys we had? Obviously, on debut was Viliami Vailea playing in the centres. Uh, and also, not his first game, but a few games in, is Daniela Otukolo as well playing a fair chunk of the game. How did you think those new fellas went? They did as well as you could expect. I thought Otukolo was good at hooker. Um, I thought there was a big difference in quality when he came back on. I think just before he came back on for a second stint, Cody Nikarima had thrown two shockers of a pass from dummy half. 
that was the start of the Benny Hill music playing, I think, around that time. You know, it was just a comedy of errors all around. Eh? Like, however bad we were in that final ten, the Tigers were just that much worse. So, yeah, and the, and the young centre, he, he did it right. He did as much as he could do. Good on him for getting a game. And good on Nathan Brown for saying that, um, you know, they could get lone players, but they don't want to, you know. They want to play the young guys that they've got and give them every opportunity. And they want to they wanna develop in-house. So I think that was... Uh, probably the best game to try and do it in. You think with Cody coming into, so I, I thought he came in at hooker in that first half and he looked really good. Yep. Especially when the tiring middles there and he darted around, but just seemed to be the point maybe in the second half, he just didn't want to then take that tough carry to the line and, and get tackled. Then it kind of feels like he just gets bored and there's he throw and doesn't, it just switches off. It obviously could be gassed and, you know, tired, just throws those real average passes, which obviously I think, Brown recognised that and yanked him. I do like him in that position, but I think he's probably only good for 40 minutes, right? Because mm. I say there's interest factor in the game, Wayne's or his um or his energy levels. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. never a good sign, eh, when the highlights of the game include those completely rubbish passes. Uh, it just <laughs> kind of shows just really what the game was like, to be All honest. All I remember is Michael Ernest going, that is the worst set for the Warriors <laughs> this season. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I think he first said ever. And then he yeah. went, oh, no, probably the season because I can't remember <laughs> yeah, 25 yeah, years. Yeah, but yeah. it was probably close to one of the worst sets ever. <laughs> He's not even a Warriors fan, but he was still getting close to the fucking edge as well. He looks like, bro, yeah. step back, man, step back. We had, uh, had a critical moment in the game uh, where it looked as though the Tigers had scored about, uh, what was it, five, eight minutes to go, something like that. We tried to put in a, a little grab a kick while hot on attack. We're up by two points, looking to get some more points. And then Luke Brooks takes it 80 metres the other way. And I just thought, well, this is about the most Warriors way to lose a freaking game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we've really got Luke Brooks's, um, I think it was like his bicep or his elbow, um, to thank for the game because without that, we were toast. I think there was a play that the Tigers made and there was no dummy half. And it pretty much the commentators have just gone smacked. I can't remember number six for the Tigers going for a number, what was it a drop goal? A number two. Do we? <laughs> number two. For a number yeah, two. For a number two. Who's that shit though, too, some ways. But um, from the highlights, I kind of thought, oh, I do take away the Warriors one. And I'm like, yeah, the streak is over. And again, just kind of being on the positive side of things, I think, considering all the injuries that we've gone through, about 10 to 13. You know, we've done pretty well to try get a win when we haven't been expected to win. It was a pretty long seven weeks, wasn't it, as, <laughs> as Warriors fans and probably, you know, even longer yeah. as players and management and support staff. But um, sure. there's one thing I do want to say. For all the disarray that the Warriors have been in with injuries and people leaving and whatnot and just generally having a hard time of it, I reckon the Tigers are that much worse because they've got a full strength team and squad and they were woeful but Madge is not really doing himself any favors with trying to keep his job with the squad that he's got it's not in a it's not an all-star team but it's not a bad team on paper but man they 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 punch well below their weight if you know what I mean Mm. I was listening to a podcast was it um was it Triple M and they were saying that I think Luke Brooks should leave if Madge is still there Luke Brooks should leave because Madge isn't really helping Luke, Luke's game out. It's either one or the law, apparently. It's just, yeah, something's not quite right with Luke, Luke Brooks, with Madge being there. 
I think, yeah, uh, well, from the way I see it, it seems like Madge might be the one closer to the uh, the door uh, than, mm. than Brooks. But yeah, yeah, I guess we'll have to see how that kind of, um, you know, unfolds. Um, obviously, with Peter Hiku back, it was great to see him back for the first time since the first game of the season. Um, yeah. And, you know, also just to spice things up, thrown in at captain and, uh, and at 5'8 as well. So uh, <laughs> he, he did pretty well, the old boy. Uh, it was good to see him back and just, you know, his influence was actually noticeable. Um, he had a good couple of comments at the end of the game as well um, about the young guys and, and, you know, how they contributed. Yeah, I just I was really interested by that comment, like his post-match. So I think for the first time, and maybe it's someone like, like Hiku who's been away from the the game day uh, operation of things as well with his injury and then coming back. And he's obviously in and around the team and and that, mm-hmm. but it was probably the first time someone spoke a bit about kind of the growth and development for the young players as well. Some of the things that are on the field, they're trying to educate them to do. So they made some comments around needing to stay in the grind, attack against a tired defence. made a comment like that rather than attacking uh, a fresh defence. So I think it was more a case of, Every time you got the ball, you're going to attack. It's like, no, 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 build pressure first, right? Like get a repeat set, you know, take them two or three sets, and then when you've got a tired defense, attack them. And then he also just talked a little bit about decision-making and trying to calm the players down to stay, to be more controlled. So I think Reese Walsh took one quick tap, which was, you know, well, good. I think there was another opportunity and he slowed him down. So I was really impressed by just kind of a little bit more game day leadership and some some education to those young guys as well, because clearly it helped them get through. You know what? They weren't amazing, but no doubt some of the control stuff that Hiku was trying to bring in and some of those comments would have definitely helped them on the on the day. There was one guy um, who's still a young guy, but you know he's, he's now been around for a couple of years, so uh, he doesn't automatically seem so young. But I was excited to see the return of Jermaine Thonor Brown because. I know, you know, his form's been a little bit sort of sketchy here and there, but he is young and I think he's got a lot of upside um, to this team. Um, so I was really happy to see him back. Also um, kind of cool to see <laughs> Ewan Aitken getting bumped into second row and actually doing pretty well. Um, Isaac, what do you think of his performance as well, bro? Oh, he held his own. He's a, he's a professional player, you know, and um, I think it just does the job wherever you put him. I mean, he hasn't had to go second row in the past, but he's done that and he acquitted himself uh, well. So, yeah, I thought he looked good. You know, he's a, t- he's a tough ball carrier. He's a tough defender. If you're going to have to chuck someone in a second row in a pinch, he's the man to do it. And, you know, his play helped us towards winning that game. I mean, that second try, though, was pretty hilarious. Uh, the, that, short, that short drop out and then straight into his hands and doop. <laughs> a score yeah. to try. He couldn't have scored an easier try. Man, it was so funny over here in Aussie because they had the Fox League, you know, they were pumping up as a, a retro round, you know, flashing back to the 90s and they showed all yeah. the highlights of the 1991 grand final where there was pretty much an identical try scored in that game as well as to that dropout. I was like, what the hell's going on here? This is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> very cool. Um, I, I, I got one question to raise. In terms of where things are currently sitting, uh, I'm just wondering if, uh, hear me out here, this is a bit of a long shot, but do we maybe now have a slightly more even playing field now that all of the other teams have had to move to Queensland? Like all the New South Wales boys, are, you know, they've had their whole um, setup basically flipped, turned upside down. So we're all in the same boat now all of a sudden. Moneta, do you think that could possibly help us as we 
dare to dream about playoff football? It's a hard one. I think there could be a bit of an impact, but I, I think maybe not as much just based on the pure location of from it. I mean, like, you know, the Warriors, you know, basically had to move from another country to another country. And so I'm kind of being a bit biased here because I am a Warriors supporter. But, you know, for the New South Wales team to move across to Queensland, I don't think there's that much of a transition in terms of the physical location. But in terms of setup, in terms of getting used to a pattern, used to the, the normal infrastructures, it could upset the rhythm for a lot of the teams and maybe, maybe give us a small window. The thing that I love about the, uh, you know, the NRL is that, you know, bloody hell, you win one game and all of a sudden you're two, two wins out of the top eight. It's just, it's a, um, it's a crazy setup. But, um, you know. <laughs> I've got to tell you what, tell you what though, that bottom eight teams haven't been playing that good and that's why it's been giving up. <laughs> yeah. That's why the bottom eight teams all have a chance of making the top eight because basically no one's playing that scintillating rugby that was happening like two or three years ago where everyone was playing good rugby league and we were so tight. But um, it's almost the opposite where all the bottom eight teams are being like average. Yeah, suddenly they've all become quite unpredictable, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like us. Um, so, <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, like me. I just got, my computer just logged off. <laughs> so unpredictable. Oh, not again. We've had another yeah, walk-off. I'll throw a killer question at you again, bro. Are you meant to do that at one o'clock on Monday? So you can go, oh, sorry, i got to go home. Your <laughs> yeah. says no. Got to finish work today. Can't do anything about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are now sitting in 12th spot on the ladder. And there's still a few games to go at the time of recording this podcast. Uh, still a few games to be played because of the, uh, the little shuffle around with the itinerary. So um, basically, we're looking at the Sharks and Dragons sitting on 18 points at 7 and 8. And we are in 12th on 14 points, a few more teams in between as well. So, you know, it's, it's going to be hard with young players, but hey, let's not write anything off just yet. Like Coach Brown said, we ain't given up on the season. We'll, um, we'll take a little bit of a pause there and uh, get into some more meaty topics around the NRL, around International Rugby League, which has been um, an interesting sort of topic as well. Uh, also, the Olympics, we'll have a chat about that and just, I don't know, we'll shoot the shit about whatever comes up. But um, we will catch you up in a couple of moments right here on Warriors Anonymous. Boing. Boing. Do, do you need some intro music? <laughs> now, that's probably the best intro we have had to Warriors Anonymous. Welcome back to the second half. We, uh, we actually just realized over the halftime break that uh, we'd made a stunning omission from the first half of content. Uh, and that was the seismic news that Roger Tuivasa-Shek was going to leave the Warriors early. So it was announced last week that he had played his last game for our boys. Uh, and it was being basically given a bit of compassionate sort of uh, notice on uh, heading back to New Zealand to get set up for his next part of his career in life. So my word, Roger has done some amazing things for our Warriors team. Moneta, what do you think RTS has meant to us? One word that comes to mind is effort, week on week, consistency, always there. Um, he's always trying. He's never given up and and uh, he's just a consummate professional. And I think he's learned that from his uh, days at the Roosters. So and he's tried to bring that over to the Warriors. So he's a legend. He's a, 
he's the legend. I actually remember in 2016, I think when he signed for the Warriors before he'd even played a game, I remember actually having a conversation with you, Isaac, on a bus in Cambodia uh, about the, his decision to sign for the Warriors. And my feeling at the time was, man, I was really obviously overjoyed for him to come to the Warriors, but I couldn't help but feel he was making career suicide. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Moneda was actually, uh, he was on the same bus. And uh, I remember you were really unwell at that time because you'd eaten a lot of bread and uh, hadn't been in green. Oh, you were yeah. on the floor. You were in a world of pain, but... Um, but Isaac, what are your uh, what, are, what are your favorite moments of of Roger, either as a warrior or just in general? Ah, oh, it's, it's got to be as as a warrior. I think there was that game against the Roosters where they won it at the buzzer, pretty much. I think Tui Lolo here got the break and then got the offload to RTS, and RTS burned away and fended off Sean Kinnedale for the try. Um, it's KD. Just the you know he's got a great highlight reel you can you can find so many amazing highlight reels of him on uh, on youtube and just a step but um i think you know probably the biggest thing that he's meant to the warriors is just yeah i think professionalism there's all these stories about him being the first one into the facility and the last one out and you can just see it in the way he plays you can't replace that sort of level of effort and professionalism and i think even now he's always been a club man and he's proving it more so by leaving early and leaving us a little bit of salary cap money to uh, move forward with as well. So what a man, what a legend. Yeah, he's definitely, um, he's put a, the team definitely above his own aspirations, bumping himself out to the wing and, and, you know, telling Coach Brown, hey, there's this new kid, Walsh, and we need to play him at fullback because he's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Daniel, you were mentioning as well about the salary cap implications of his, you know, early move. How do you think that is going to benefit us I guess the, the situation with the season where it is and the the bubble burst to come back and he's obviously going to rugby. I mean, the Warriors would have made a commercial decision as weighed that up as well. I mean, look, no doubt if we were probably hot in contention, he would stay and, and fulfill his contract. But I think they probably came to a mutual understanding that the, the amount of money he's on, if he can keep some of that, it's only four guys, seven games. But yeah, there's an opportunity to use that money up front to to land a, a big a big fish, which we obviously we, we might be in for one or two as well. But but yeah, look, uh, part of me was gutted to hear that, but the other part sort of says that he's earned the right to make that decision and the, the club to support him that way and, and the players and the playing group to support him. So, uh, you know, Roger will go down as one of our great warriors as well in that class of Simon Mannering, Stacey Jones, all those, you know, those quality warriors as well. And uh, I think one thing I really loved is that yeah, you just brought effort every week, consistency, and just had just knowing you had someone who could break a game open, who could do something freakish as well. Your teams need X Factor, eh? And he just he just had that little X Factor for us. So um, so the future's bright though, because I think um, we can use that money to go forward. Two things with Roger for me. There was obviously 2018 where he won the Dally M medal the overall medal, not just fullback of the year, he was the top dog. And for me, I guess, especially living in Australia now, you kind of see, I guess, almost the relevance of the Warriors or irrelevance of the Warriors. And for me, seeing him win that medal was was basically like almost winning two of them because to be able to do that as a Warriors player was massive. It had never been done before. Um, and I think that was obviously an incredible achievement. But also, people have spoken about Peter Valandis and, uh, and the NRL guys who have been able to keep the game going the last couple of years. 
And really, I think that Roger is a key person in that equation because without him leading the Warriors and relocating over to Australia and, you know, making that sacrifice, he's nearly been away for two years from his family. Without that, they don't have a full competition and they don't have, you know, broadcasting money. I think he has been so valuable to the game. Any way you look at what he's done commercially, spiritually, statistically, man, what a, what a legend, what a unbelievable um, talent. If he goes on to be, I don't know, if he wants to go be an astronaut, he'd probably fucking smash that as well. But, um, but you know, we, we wish him luck. And it's, it's a bit sad, you know, kind of last week was a bit, bit of a downer. Um, seeing him get the <coughs> farewell hucker and that from the team with Leeson Armel as well <laughs> for all Leeson. Um, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a shame when you decide to leave at the same time as um, mm. a, a colossus like Roger, kind of get relegated to a footnote. But um, but he's you know he's put in some decent service as well. <clears throat> I didn't realize he'd been the only guy to have played all the games up until that point for, yeah. um, for oh, the wow. season. So. So he's, yeah, been uh, a steady influence. But, um, but yeah, anyways, uh, well, I guess we have to move forward, fellas, without Roger. Um, <laughs> let's get into a bit more stuff around the NRL because uh, some stuff going on there as well with more COVID complications, throwing the schedule into all sorts of havoc over the weekend. A bunch of games have to get rescheduled, pushed back a day. Also going on, fellas, um, we've had uh, the Olympics as well. Maybe we should have a look at a few um, NRL kind of gold medal events or players. Uh, obviously, the um, the main event is the 100 meter sprint. Um, Moneta, who do you see out of the current crop of NRL players would yeah. win the 100 meters? Edo Car, Sub, and um, Batuvai. <laughs> no, I don't know. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I think they originally wanted to have a, a race during Magic Round. I think Saab was trying to propose that to kind of, who's the fastest man in the league? I reckon he'd go, right? Yeah. That, uh, yeah, yeah. that long stride of his, eh? Uh, also probably that guy who raced um, Tommy Turbo in the, uh, the man of the Esplanade <laughs> <laughs> in school. Or the um, referee um, that chased down and <laughs> take him to Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, who do you like in the 100 metres, man? The, the obvious guys are Saab and Adokar. Xavier Coates, I reckon, in full flight yeah. over 100 metres. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. It might be a good one too. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably your, your your middle placings right there, Adokar, Saab and Xavier Coates. Um, There's a guy yeah. I'd love to see in it, in the field. Um, I'm hoping, Daniel, you might mention his name. Who do, who do you think, bro? Oh, the pressure's on me. I don't know. <laughs> There's a name. There's a name in there I want to throw into the mix. but um, Montoya? <laughs> I just wanted nah. to say his name, really. Montoya. Nah. I, I think the top for me, the, the, the thing, the top three of you mentioned, I was going to say a notable mention for uh, Kieran Foran for, for zero pace. <laughs> but uh, that's right, he's in the lettuce. That's a different 100 meter sprint. That's the slowest player. That's way too easy. <laughs> the old treadmill specialist. And the prestige. You go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Uh, Jed, I don't know who you're thinking, mate. Hammer. It's Hammer time. Oh, oh, yes. Hammer time. Oh. Yeah, he looks like he's just, Hammer there. That'd be amazing. Uh, he just glides, eh, that kid. He is. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> he is fast. Yeah. Yeah. I love, to see him just, I love to see him just dig it in and just go for it, eh? Like, see what he can actually do. But uh, gymnastics was thrown in there. Maybe acrobatic tri-scorers. Actually, I think Roger's 
pretty acrobatic in his time. He's he's done a few um, yeah crazy things. Um, I remember Ferguson? that try he scored against that match winner against the Roosters. He kind of scored it in a real kind. Oh, yeah, he did like a bit of a almost a flip when he scored. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of sprang up, eh? Yeah. Like yeah. it's kind of just amazing. excess strength and testosterone exuding out of his <laughs> final performance there. You know, and he's dotted a line and pressed up hard. So. Exactly. Who, who do you boys like in the, the gymnastics? Who do you think would go all right on that? On the Nathan beam? Friend. Or... <laughs> 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 oh, he did the back. Yeah. That was class. Yeah. That that was try, that's a great try. Landing as well. Yeah, oh, that's that a try was try. Nice. No, yeah. that's some gymnastics. Aerial acrobatics. And, yeah. 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 That would be the, the artistic floor routine. Eh, yeah. Mm. Although yeah. it wasn't deliberate, it was more. <laughs> well, that's kind of survival at that point. Eh? Just instant yeah, survival. <laughs> which, which one? The, is it BMOS that got uh, retired this year? Yeah. He's been kind of like held up as the as the kind of the king of those final finishes, right? Like the the guy that sort of set for wingers to to do the acrobatic finishes. But I think yeah. one one last year who did, didn't actually become a try was uh, Fergo's one. I remember we saw that last year. It was either a forward pass or something, but he literally did it. It was upside down and finished exceptionally, but they've called it back for like maybe 10 phases back for a knock-on or something. Yeah, yeah that's he, right. He hadn't scored a try all year. Yeah. And it was a sick try and they didn't put it down. It was a yeah. sick, sick finish, wasn't it? It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. this is my moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. do it. <laughs> My time to shine. Oh, There's some pretty uh-huh. acrobatic uh, wingers out there. I think um, Brian Toto is probably one of the best finishers in the game when it comes to that yeah. acrobatic try in the corner. Or David Norfoluma, he's had a, mm. a couple mm. of absolute zingers in the past as well. Yeah, I thought Ronaldo. in his day when it when oh, he first yeah. came on. Oh my god, some of the stuff that he did. Yeah, like, yeah. on the try line, I was like, no other winger could yeah. do this. At that point in time, could do what he was doing. He was great in the out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You dive, dive, dive over the sideline, so yeah. they had nothing to tackle, and then you just like yeah. stick his arm inside and yeah. just put the water. I remember yeah, the class. commentator just being in awe, like, "Oh my god, this guy!" Two eighteen season, eh? He was just yeah, yeah, just yeah. tearing it out. Would have ninety percent of his body outside of the, uh, the, the 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 playing field, eh? Yeah, just, just his, his hand, hand the ball, and his effort in. <laughs> yeah. It would have been like trying to defend an octopus, eh? Like you just couldn't stop it. You just yeah. ran and try. I hope you get back to that form one day. Who'd win the NRL gold medal for diving? But you know, you talk about like the the fake yeah. uh, head high tackle and oh yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we want to do diving best Hollywood best Hollywood. I think uh, I think Reese's pretty good at it. He'd be alright. Yeah, he takes a knock. Well, and he gets a knock and he takes some time to assist that yep. knock yep. as well. I think. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think Munster's got in it because I think he's looking for a grubby, a grubby yeah. type of kind of penalty or something, you know. Yeah, I have to agree there. Yeah, I reckon one person who'd be really good at, at the dive um, doesn't play anymore, but that would be McInnes right there. <laughs> oh, the yeah. If he, if he was playing in nowadays, yes. he would every tackle would be a high tackle to him, and he'd just be like, oh, oh, oh penalty, penalty, come on, ref. I remember Gary Freeman was quite good. Back in the day, he'd get oh, tackled yeah. and all of a sudden roll about extra five meters <laughs> or ten meters and play the ball. So what? Yeah. Oh, he was a battler, eh? Yeah. Was he? He was, he was my, my favorite. Who would be maybe hammer throw? Um, who's got the biggest pass in the NRL? 
the, it's the two kids, eh? Isn't it? It was displayed at the most at the moment. It's been uh, Sam Walker, Reese Walsh. Yeah. Yep. I've been throwing their old Harbour Bridges. Yeah. Tell him Ponga could do that, I think. I've seen him a few times do that. He can throw a bullet. If he's, yeah, if he's running to his left-hand side, he can yeah. throw a, an absolute rocket out to the winger. Good. Yeah. yeah. He's in there too. Sean Johnson's yes. known for yeah. a couple yeah. Yeah. as well. Let's have a look uh, around the NRL. There's been a, you know, a few games going on. The old, uh, the Parramatta Eels are in a bit of a wobbly spot at the moment. They've um, fallen, what was it, 28 nil to the um, the Roosters. Mm-hmm. So they're in a bit of a, yeah, there, there's been a bit of chat around what's going to happen there and, um, you know, a bit of heat coming on Brad Arthur and the coaching staff. So that's going to be interesting to mm-hmm. kind of keep an eye on because, you know, they've been flying reasonably high for a couple of years there. The Broncos had a good win against the Cowboys, 37 to 18. Um, the Knights, 34 to 24 over the Raiders. Tricky game for us because didn't really know who we wanted to win. Keep Probably the Knights, right? Because yeah. that means keeps Raiders back at Raiders are already on 18, eh? That's right. It's like cycling, eh? Everyone keeping in the pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Sunday, the, the Melbourne Storm won 37 10 over the Panthers, just gave them a bit of a clinical. Uh, and as at the point of this recording, um, still three games to go Dragons, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, Titans, and Sharks, Seagulls. So there's some helpful results that we could probably hope for um, out of those coming games um, with us being not too far behind. Now, um, just quickly, the Rugby League World Cup, Australia and New Zealand have pulled out officially. Been a little bit of uh, controversy going on with it. The English are not happy about it. And um, apparently, a lot of the players' union and NRL are, you know, they're not. They're not worried about players going and playing in it. So, um, Daniel, what are your thoughts on on that particular topic? Because it's a tricky one. You'd be a bit gutted for the players because some of them want to obviously go and play representative footy, especially World Cup year as well. But you've got to think and you look into it further. The, it's been a hard 18 months. You've had bubble, biosecurity bubbles that these guys have been playing and, and been in for a long time. So let alone having your standard freedoms. You know, the you NRL know, have had strict uh, security and biosecurities um, when, when, especially when there's been cases. And, and then the, I heard that, you know, the players would have to do 14 days once they're there, uh, if, well, 14 days if they are connected to a case and there's a lot of cases over there, plus also coming back and having more MIQ stay. So I think they made the call on the combination player welfare, but they're also trying to protect their, their assets for the season ahead for next year as well. So I think it's a big play to see if, the World Cup would postpone another year and it's a bit of a standoff at the moment because I don't think they're going to postpone it. But yeah, opportunity maybe to do a little three-game, well, how good would to do a Four Nations at the end of the year down in New Zealand or Australia? They might just want to get everyone to bloody have a nice sort of um, get some ice and just <laughs> kick back for, the, for a few months and try and recover from a horrific season, uh, injury-wise, mm. that is. True, true. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. I'm, I'm just interested to see if any of these uh, teams like Samoa and Tonga, uh, A, benefit from Australia and New Zealand not being involved, may have stronger squads um, and, you know, B, they may be able to do all right if, if the tournament happens. But it's a pretty big if. We'll see, um, see how that unfolds. We've got the Sharks coming up on Saturday, 5 p.m. kickoff, New Zealand time. And that has been played at Suncorp Stadium, the home of pretty much everyone at the moment. So the Sharks have got no Sean Johnson, which is good because he didn't help us last time with his kicking game, but... Isaac, what do you think, just quickly, we need to do to, to knock them over and extend the winning streak? <laughs> <laughs> to extend the winning streak. Uh, I think more of the same, just a bit of heart. Uh, yeah, I think Sharks will have a hard time without Sean Johnson. 
and I think put some pressure on their on their halves because who they're going to have? They don't have Moylan there. They'll have uh, Tricky Trindle, Trindle, yeah, Tricky Trindle, and uh, maybe <coughs> Tracy. So yeah. a bit of pressure on the halves and just muscle up up front. We'll be all right. I think I think we got this game. Do we get Lodge back this week? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He took an early plea for one week. Okay, good. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case because it was two weeks if he challenged it and got and didn't get it, one week if he took an early play. Okay, sweet. Take an E, get him back. Good, all right. Um, well, yeah, that, that's going to be probably an interesting game because the Sharks are in the same pack as we are. So whoever gets that is going to, uh, A, stop them from getting two points and B, get their own. So, yeah, that's going to be a fascinating game. I know we've, we've got a couple of minutes left here. Monita, what are you hoping to see um, just quickly from the Warriors? Improvement. <laughs> the previous game basically in all, in all facets I mean just kind of keeping it simple as we mentioned before just running it up don't always have to attack off the first three players of the set and just kind of set it up for the forwards now we've got Lodge back and let's keep Peter Hickey in number six and see how we can go from there I think yeah. he showed enough so yeah just just playing simple really we will extend the streak come on boys you can feel mm-hmm. it now we'll do quick farewells from you Monita sayonara everybody Isaac boing <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel. Oh my God. See you, boys. <laughs> my name is Jared Cronin. This has been Warriors Anonymous. You are my fire. <laughs> Have we finished? Yes. I'm going to cut you off in your time. Oh, sorry. Close We're, the set. We are done. We'll catch you next week on Warriors Anonymous. Latest. <laughs> oh. Sorry, it froze. Just like, Did we make it? Uh- <laughs>